0: How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. This week, we are going to be bringing you our Fever Dreams. And this is our Fever Blast. It's off the Beach Blast, Leonard. I don't know if you yes. picked that up in our email. But uh, that's what we're going to call it. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing these. You know, in going back and listening to our previous episode to prepare for this one, they are a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to market them as such, but I highly recommend that people listen to the back episodes because they're never of the time. They're just (laughs) random. That's the whole point of them. Yes,
1: yes. They're not boring, you can say that. And sometimes we drink during them, which often helps. And I will mention that tonight, I do, I pulled a Bob. This is, I'm drinking John Wayne bourbon. Oh wow!
0: See, I'm jealous. I should have uh, brought my bourbon up. I uh, don't have any
1: bourbon. Signed by Patrick Wayne himself. I'm, that's awesome. Not a sponsor of of the show. I should say that. But well, we would take them if they offered. I, I would, and I'm drinking out a Ravenwood Castle glass. Also, not a sponsor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I spent uh, part of our honeymoon there. Nice. Well, it is a, a old style medieval castle looking place in Logan, Ohio.
0: Well, it should be fun to watch Leonard's uh, demeanor change throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. So, this is
1: good bourbon, by the way. This this this. I
0: know. I want to try it. I've, I think I've looked for it um, in stores before, and I I, I never seem to get across buying it. But uh, one of these days. And uh, so let's go over what. Fever dreams are in case it's your first time listening. So basically we assemble random matches and then debate them. And the way we do that is we have lists of names. We have lists of male wrestlers, female wrestlers, fictional wrestlers, tag teams, managers. We have a list of gimmick matches and weapons and so on and so forth. And we put those into random name generators um, and based on the card that we have assembled, we will then have debates on what names come up. And just to go over the list of champions that we currently have here, um, we had a random list of belts as well. And currently the AWA heavyweight champion is the authority version of Seth Rollins. Our FDW women's champ is peak Mickey James. The FDW Tag Team Champs are the Mega Powers Foundation. As we combine Mega Powers and the York Foundation, everybody out there who's confused knows that they love it once they give it a thought. So,
1: yes, um and I should say that the, the Mega Powers Foundation is Randall Poffo and Terrence Boia. Yes, exactly. It can't they be anything that. else. That's a need. People need to know that. Yes,
0: <laughs> and our uh, FDW Universal Champ after he dethroned Stu Hart, is the Reign of Terror version of Triple H. So based on that, let's go over our first match here, which doesn't involve any random generating. Um, It is simply based on a dark match that Leonard presented last time, which was Brian Pillman versus Adam Cole, the face version of Brian Pillman versus the heel version of Adam Cole. And so we decided to put those two in a triple threat with the authority version of Seth Rollins for the AWA championship. So, Leonard,
1: I'm going to let you go first.
0: Who wins this?
1: This is a really tough matchup. I think this would be a great match in in real life if it, if it could happen because I think these are all three guys that could re- work really well together. Um, not only do they have – I wouldn't call them high flyers, but they can go up top, they can grapple in the ring – Pillman was, of course, a high flyer at one point in his career. Um, this is really tough, but but with the belt on the line, I, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins to retain uh, in in a squeaker, probably something where either Pillman takes out Cole or Cole, Cole takes out Pillman and then Rollins, like, steals the pinfall type of thing is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you here. I do see that Seth Rollins, especially this – particular version of Seth Rollins as just being a shade above these other two. I don't think we've seen the peak version of Adam Cole yet. Uh I do think that you will see him, you know, rise in AEW. Um, but I, I don't think we've seen the peak version of him just yet. Um, although I do think he would have the most competition for Seth Rollins here. I, I think Brian Pillman kind of gets lost in the shuffle just a little bit. Um, Maybe it's just because it's an older school version of Brian Pillman versus two guys who are very modern. I don't know. Um, But this would be a great match, absolutely. I mean, I would pay to see this match for sure. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Seth Rollins retains here. And uh, as is the tradition with our belts, um, Seth Rollins can make the decision on whether or not he wants to turn in this belt for a title shot at our FDW Universal title or keep it. So we will see what happens as we go down the card yes. the next match we're going to do a bit of a, a pyramid here so mickey james is our fdw women's champ and she's going to compete in a triple threat versus two mystery opponents for that championship and after that the winner of that match will face our number one contender which is the queen version of charlotte flair mm-hmm. so Leonard is assembling the names for this particular match against Mickey James. Go ahead.
1: So, Mickey James will be defending her title against Carrie Sane and the cat.
0: Oh, God. Well, so, uh, you know, okay. So, Kyrie Sane, I think, would be a really good match with Mickey James. I don't know if they've ever faced each other. Mickey James has been all over the place, but I want to say they probably haven't. So, I think that even though it's two very distinct styles, an American style versus a Japanese style, I think that they could have a really good match. Um, I Again, like uh, I talked about with Adam Cole, I don't think we've seen the peak of Kyrie Sane yet, at least in the main American-type companies.
1: So I want to say Mickey James retains here. All right. Doing a quick look, uh, the only times that Mickey James and Kyrie Sane have uh gone against each other is in video games
0: well there you go oh and by the way i don't think the cat factors into this at all so no
1: not not, not at all i'm finding some people who have done like video game fights between the two and then have record those and post those on youtube no you know the cat being jerry lawler's ex-wife uh stacy whatever her name is and would have been stacy lawler at one point right uh, so yeah definitely a when we usually have oddball people in a lot of these matches sometimes but she is just sticks out so much from the other two I can't even think of a reasonable reason why she's there like like a storyline reason why she would be involved here so I'm gonna say she gets knocked out pretty early and and that it becomes same versus James and I, and I would agree with you I think that uh I, I, I don't know about have we seen Peak Sane? Um and again the styles being different, but I definitely think Peak Mickey James is above what we have seen from is it Kyrie or carrie Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane from what we've seen from Kyrie to this point. So I would agree with you and that Mickey James would retain. All
0: right. Well then
1: that means we have Mickey James
0: facing Queen Charlotte Flair for the FDW Women's Championship. And first of all, I think that this would be like if you had both these people in their prime, uh, this would be a classic match. I know Mickey James, it, you know, worked, you know, for a little bit as kind of in various roles in WWE during the whole women's revolution period. So I'm sure that they faced each other. At that time, but if we're talking about a, like a really fresh prime Mickey James versus Queen Charlotte Flair, that would be just a great, great match. And uh, but if I'm going with both in their peak, Leonard, I would have to say that Charlotte Flair is just too good for Mickey James to retain here. I would have to say we have a new women's champ.
1: Yeah, I'm, I was looking real quick, and I I, I can't find anything. You know, right off the bat, of them two having faced at some point, uh, but yeah, probably maybe wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility. That match today, still, I think, would be really good. But if you're talking, I don't know, Mickey for maybe ten years ago, uh, maybe around her peak time against Charlotte Flair, uh, which I would say Charlotte Flair is probably still in the Queen version uh, right right now, if she's not maybe not technically using that name. Uh, So, yeah, I would agree with you. As much as I love Mickie James and and I think she's just one of the best female wrestlers of all time, Charlotte Flair is just on another level. And I know a lot of people hate on her. And I think a lot of that hate is because she gets pushed as hard as she does because she deserves to be pushed as hard as she does. So I would agree with you and that Charlotte Flair would take this match, but I think it would be an excellent, excellent match, Uh, especially if they were given a lot of time
0: yeah no i i totally agree i I would have loved to have seen something like this go down uh, for real so that means we have a new fdw women's champion and it is queen charlotte flair so i'm
1: drinking for the new champ.
0: absolutely moving on we have the culmination of a near six month storyline and going back i didn't realize that it had gone on this long part of it was kind of coincidence So going back to our Ready to Rumble Fever Dreams, where we had a version of a Royal Rumble, um, the last two were The Rock and Bret Hart. And they then moved on to, I believe, The Rock won the Rumble in our Ready to Rumble. So after that, we had them face in our uh, Fever Mania 2 We had them have a uh, stable versus stable match. It was the corporation versus the Hart Foundation. And Bret Hart put the sharpshooter on Pat Patterson to win the war games. So then, which I didn't realize it it was all connected like this, we had our unstable stables, King of the Ring and Prince of the Ring, which had Bret Hart winning the ultimate King of the Ring, and the Prince of the Ring would be The Rock.
1: Being that The Rock was the uh, King of the Ring runner-up. Exactly. In, in a previous King of the Ring tournament. Right. I appreciate you clarifying that. Yes. And so, maybe didn't catch that episode. So.
0: Right. Which is also a good one. Uh, so that means we had already planned on doing this match, but now it, it I feel like it's taken on a, a, a higher significance because we have the Bret Hart, King of the Ring version of Bret Hart, Versus the corporate version of The Rock. We're going to attach a gimmick and managers to this match. And I have that coming up here.
1: While while you do that, I'll just say that just straight up, I think this would be a really great match. Because this is two of the best versions of these guys. Particularly if you want to talk a face Brett versus a heel Rock
0: right no i i agree and uh they did have a match right before brett left um it was just a tv raw match i believe so it wasn't wasn't anything you know super spectacular but i think it was probably solid based on who was involved but um so our managers are harvey whippleman and sir oliver humperdinck so leonard i'm gonna let you choose who goes with who
1: Well, obviously here, Harvey Whippleman is also Downtown Bruno. And if you have watched Young Rock, Downtown Bruno is a character uh, that apparently uh, The Rock hung out with Downtown Bruno during 1987 when his dad, Rocky Johnson, was working in Memphis. So being that there is a connection there, I've got to give Harvey Whippleman to The Rock and Oliver Humperdinck by default goes to Bret Hart.
0: All right. Well, I I approve of those choices. And, you know, before I tell you what the gimmick is, I actually inserted a new gimmick into this and it wasn't selected, but I'm going to keep it in there based on it was based on the whole king royalty theme going on. I called it a Game of Thrones decapitation match.
1: Oh, nice.
0: So that'll be in there for future use, but that wasn't selected. What was selected, and I think it's a good blow off for this feud is a Buried Alive match. Oh,
1: oh, 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 man.
0: So, so we have Bret Hart versus The Rock in a Buried Alive match. And while Leonard's thinking, because I can tell he's thinking. yeah, he's not So, I'm going to say this. Based on the version of The Rock we have and the version of Bret Hart we have here, I see this being a, a storyline where The Rock has other people involved. And I mean, have what buried alive match are there not other people involved? Mm-hmm. So I see this as ganging up on Bret Hart for beating them in the war games. And I see The Rock defeating Bret Hart here. And he was supposed to earn his number his title shot after winning our rumble. So this would push him on to that eventually but i see this as a if it's the heel version of the rock versus a very face bret hart i see brett getting screwed as only brett can and i see him losing so what do you think Leonard?
1: you know that's where my thoughts were going as you saw the gears turning was given the gimmick and given the versions of the characters that we have here that it would probably make the most sense for the rock to win i think a buried alive match is pretty much geared for the heel to beat the face and as you said for them to do that with help um i think with his era
0: too the buried alive match was prevalent during the rocks era right
1: they're during the you know attitude era um if we consider uh managers i think downtown bruno is skinny and small and wiry as compared to the slower bigger sir oliver humperdinck so I think Bruno, I can see Bruno getting more involved than Humperdink. and especially yeah. Bruno like going to the back and bringing the guys out to help, that type of thing. So g- given that, too, I definitely think this is, this is the Rock's match to win. And I think these two guys could, too, work a really nice match around the gimmick. That's always a yeah. thing for me. Do you let the gimmick override the match, or do you do a match that has the gimmick involved? In I, retrospect, I, this gimmick is not a good one. It's not a great one, no, no. But I, th- I think these guys could probably do. I think it starts out in the ring. I think the bulk of it's in the ring. I think then they start, you know, working outside the ring and toward the area that has the burial area. Um, so I, I definitely think that they could. It, this would fall apart at the end. But I think maybe the first yeah. half of it could could be good.
0: I, I, w- I would like to see two technically sound wrestlers take part in a match like this because I would like to see what would happen with two really good wrestlers. The matches usually involve the undertaker and something would go wrong with, you know, piling the dirt on or, or whatnot, or it would be like a a, a schmoz with, you know, a group of guys coming out and, you know, like special effects showcase and whatnot. So like they always end up being somewhat odd. And like you, like you were saying, the the gimmick kind of dominates the match itself. Um, So it would be interesting to see two people that, didn't have to rely on that gimmick, you know, tried to work with it,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: but but no. So we're in agreement there, and down the line, we will have The Rock face whoever our champion is.
1: Yeah, which that should be a good match, depending whichever – either guy, I think, would be a good match for
0: Corporate Rock. That's right. So our next match is – our number one contenders for the FDW tag titles, which are the Brothers of Destruction versus the Mega Powers Foundation. And
1: I thought you said number one contenders. This is for the title belts, isn't it?
0: Yes. They are the number one contenders. And so oh, no, the- they
1: are number one contenders for the title. I thought you said the match was for number one contenders.
0: No, okay, yeah. Perfect. So this is for the the tag titles. Yes, okay. And so on my description of this one, so this would be a hard one to debate, I think. And so that's why I selected that the outcome of this would be determined at random, which I think mm-hmm. should be fun. Mm-hmm. And there also will be a one in which we'll get to. Yes. But uh, I'll read down. There's a short list of outcomes. So we have a commissioner appearance with a stipulation after a controversial finish. We have the Brothers of Destruction winning, the Mega Powers Foundation winning, a time limit draw, a double count out, a double DQ. We have the Mega Powers laying down and join, joining the Ministry of American Badasses, which is what I'm calling that faction.
1: Okay. Um, oh, MAB, MAB, Ministry of American <laughs> Badasses.
0: And then we have the Brothers of Destruction laying down and joining the Mega Powers Foundation. Okay. So those. Are the stipulations, and we are going to have a run in here. And the run in, (laughs) I so I generated a random name as a run in. We can guess right after I say it who this person is going to help. It is Mr. America.
1: So, oh. <laughs> well, you had it written that I was going to generate the run-in. So okay, I so
0: let's do two, two run-ins then. Two run-ins. Okay, you generate the other run-in.
1: So, Mister America, I think is going to help the Mega Powers Foundation. Correct? Probably. Right. So, helping the Brotherhood of Destruction will be early version Diamond Dallas Page.
0: Okay. Well, that, that so, makes
1: sense, man. They, okay, but how early are we talking? Are we talking him driving the car at WrestleMania six?
0: <laughs> I like, I'm okay with that. Limo uh pink Cadillac driving DDP.
1: Cuz that's as that's early like as you stuff. can get I think with with and He with ended DDP. up
0: being the Undertaker's uh, stalker or uh, yes, Sarah's Sarah well. stalker, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, so <laughs> that makes sense. And uh let's then so these those are the run-ins and mm-hmm. let us now pick the random outcome
1: so the so the run-in doesn't really affect anything it's just for fun pretty much all right
0: so leonard who do you think would win this match if we were to debate it who would you pick not that this matters
1: (laughs) no uh this this i think is a heck of a bout i mean this is a sellout anywhere in the world if you would get these guys the meg the mega powers at their peak working the foundation gimmick the brothers of destruction
0: as faces and and they were pretty much faces
1: Yes, yeah, as faces and probably during what we're talking about the early, early aughts. I mean, they wrestled together off and on, but then I think
0: into the ruthless
1: aggression. Yeah, that was, I think, the first era when they really teamed on a regular basis. So good versions of both of those guys. This is really tough. I don't know. Again, considering the run ins, the fact that it's Mr. America running in for the heels. And driving a pink Cadillac Diamond I'm in Dallas Page for the for the for so the run-ins
0: hit. probably cancel each other out, right? Yeah, yeah, they probably cancel each other out. out. I don't think they really pink Cadillac driving DDP pretty easily.
1: Yeah. The question to me is, has the brothers of destruction chased the foundation enough to win the titles? Because I think the titles all is in the chase is there still life in the mega powers foundation i think there is although i don't know who would eventually beat them so as close as this is i would have to go with the mega powers foundation winning by cheating
0: well and in that vein i could see them winning uh if this were a straight up match you know aside from the run-ins of course i would you know it'd be close but i might might have to give it to the brothers destruction if it were me but the random outcome was the mega powers winning okay Unfortunately, the joining of the stables, the Ministry of American Badasses, which we will use at some point, um, is not going to happen. But the mega powers remain our FDW tag champs.
1: I really wanted Marcus Calloway to be part of the... <laughs> Marcus Calloway. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. I don't know... Yeah, but who would Glenn Jacobs be? Because Glenn is... Is there a longer form of Glenn?
0: <laughs> not, Not really. I mean, unless you were, you know... Glenda. the uh, what would you call him? Uh, the 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 Doctor Isaac Yankum. I, I don't know. You you know, you can, there's no long form of any of his character names.
1: I don't think so. No. So so he'd be a really odd man out. I think mean, I think he would be go by Glenn Jacobs per what we've been doing with it.
0: You know what? We might have to have, uh, based on this loss that the Brothers of Destruction had. We might have to have uh, Marcus Calloway turning on his brother. Yes. Joining joining the foundation.
1: Yes. And I just love the idea of, you know, like the Undertaker, like in the suit, the hair slicked back.
0: With Hogan and Savage. Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine that stable? Just for a second. That would be great. We got to create t-shirts. So our next match is a number one contenders match for the women's title and... This is a fatal four way, and Leonard
1: will be choosing oh. the names here.
0: Yeah, let's okay. get those
1: up because I had um, my ladies from the first matchup. So I need to uh, generate what? Am I generating three names or four names? Three four. Names. Four names. Four names. Four names. Okay, so we have here the heel version of Sasha Banks, Awesome Kong, Carmella, and Lita.
0: Oh, wow. What a four-way that is. Yeah. So, Carmella and Lita, I think, kind of cancel each other out here. I see this then as a match between Awesome Kong and Sasha Banks. And as great as Sasha Banks is, We've seen Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair on a number of occasions. And I don't think that Sasha Banks would win in a match against Awesome Kong. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. So I would pick Awesome Kong here if it was me. Um, But, you know, Leonard, maybe if you want to give some more uh, credit to Lita and Carmella. Well, well,
1: Awesome Kong traditionally works heel or has worked heel. So I don't like heel Sasha Banks versus Awesome Kong. I would probably say it would come down to Kong versus Lita.
0: Okay,
1: And I think you give Lita some credit here by taking out, neutralizing, what have you, Carmella and Sasha. Carmella, I think, is is a lot better than people give her credit for, not only in the ring, but as a character. Uh, but yeah, Awesome Kong is so big, so strong, and was really a, a fantastic wrestler. You know, my main exposure to her was while she was in TNA. And she had a great run when she was in TNA. So why I would argue who she would go over and pin in the finals of this. Um, I do think that Awesome Kong uh, would move on. And as I agree with you, we've seen Banks and Charlotte a thousand times. So why not, just for the sake of, of our own booking, mix it up with, with someone that I'm pretty sure she hasn't faced.
0: All right. So are you sure you agree with me there, Leonard? You can pick Carmella if you so
1: choose. Um, you see, and then we wind up with a triple threat of Charlotte and Awesome Kong and Carmella, and then Carmella just loses anyway. So right. I get nothing out of that. I will go with Awesome Kong.
0: All right. Well, on to our next match. Our second to last match is a men's six pack challenge. In a previous episode, previous we episode, our Construction Gimmicks and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was at the top of both of our lists. So he is in this match as a reward somehow. And also in this match is post 2000, Eric Watts.
1: And that's a drink.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely a drink. And they will be facing four other mystery people. And let me tell you, Leonard, so I'll say this. Based on our last episode, Leonard probably doesn't remember this when we had our tag match, our tag title match in our last episode. But we inserted a new name into this list of men. And that one of those guys was was drawn here. So Oh, we I have, don't know. So we have post-2000 Eric Watts versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus the Dynamite Kid versus Six versus the WCW version of Paul Orndorff versus... The Hollywood Blondes version of Paul Roma.
1: <laughs> N- okay, now I vaguely remember that being a thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. So Leonard, inquire to right. you know who is the winner.
1: Okay, so this is a, so it's a six pack challenge. You're gonna have to remind me here. Is this elimination or is it single pinfall?
0: Six six pack I think is generally um, single pinfall.
1: Single pinfall, all six guys at the same time. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, first and the other guy, so it's it's uh, Paul Roma, the Hollywood Blondes version, uh, Paul Orndorf from WCW, six, yeah. and my kid.
0: Yep. Okay. With, with Eric
1: Watts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. With Eric Watts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yes, that, that's a given there. Um, you know, WCW Paul Orndorf was towards the end of his career. Um, I, I still think he had some decent matches over there, but it was where, you know, the arm atrophy and some of his health uh, issues started to become a, a problem. Um, also, the fact that you have kind of, kind of an odd mix of talent here. You know, you have some high flyers, you have some brawlers. Um, I'm guessing when we say construction gimmick Jim Duggan, we're probably going with the WWF version as opposed to the Mid-South version of duggan right uh so the ww version of duggan is a little more cartoony i know that chad always leans toward paul roma <laughs> i don't I want to here. give it to post 2000 eric watts I, w- I would say that the best wrestler here in this bout is probably dynamite kid because i'm thinking this is probably prime era early 80s dynamite kid uh, and even though he's smaller than some of these other guys the fact that it's a six-pack challenge and that he can kind of pick his spots and work with different guys. And I could see Kid and Six probably working the bulk of this match uh, to a degree. Um, I, I'm going to lean toward Dynamite Kid and listen to what you have to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a clear winner here, I think, and it would be Dynamite Kid. Uh, you know, I mean, if you just know him as a tag team wrestler, I, I highly recommend checking out some of his Stampede stuff or some of his Japanese stuff because you know he was just so great in the ring and uh yeah i I think that he would win here i i think that this would you know you have people like uh paul roma and six i think the three of them could have a really neat little uh triple threat chemistry there um you know i don't think duggan would factor into it (laughs) very heavily nor eric watts um so yeah who am i missing Oh, Paul Orndorff, and Jim Duggan would probably just slug each other outside the ring.
1: Yeah, I can see that. And I can see Watts, like, getting his shit in, as they like to say. Yeah. And then just, you know, fading away.
0: <laughs> right. So that would mean Dynamite Kid is our winner here. And we'll see what we have in store for him down the road. Mm-hmm. And so our last match, our main event match, is for the FDW Universal title. As I said earlier, our champion is the Reign of Terror version, as so dubbed by Leonard in our last episode of Triple H. Mm -hmm. And he'll be going against the person who won our title, our major title at the WWWF Unstable Stables episode, which is Bruno Sammartino. And there will be a gimmick attached. Now, Leonard and I have both generated gimmicks, and we're going to debate which one we think is best. All right. It's not mine. So I will just say I... I drew the tuxedo match. So, <laughs> Leonard, what was your match?
1: Mine is career ending.
0: Oh gosh! Well, see, that's a big one in this because whoever loses gets taken off of our lists.
1: Right, right. That's what I was going. That was what was I was going to suggest if you didn't say that. So, right. I love the idea of Bruno and Triple H and tuxes. I, I love that image in my head. It's a it's a great image, uh, but of course, having a career ending match, as you said, that's a really big stipulation, and I could definitely see that being something that Triple H uh, of this era would goad uh, Bruno into. You know, absolutely, I think so
0: considering the Mick Foley
1: component, sure. Yeah, I think this would be a great feud. Yeah. I think that that both these guys, you know, Bruno of course is of a different era, but I think the character that he was and how he could promo for the era, the character of Triple H is, how he promos for the era. I definitely see this as being just Triple H, uh, just, just upset that Bruno exists. Right. Like he can't even fathom that this man exists and that this man is coming for his title belt. And I think Bruno would just be, Oh, you know, and the more humble Bruno would be, the worse that Triple H would would hate it. And I I definitely can picture a universe where Triple H would go Bruno into it because he wants him gone totally. While at the same time thinking he can't lose.
0: You know, I'm I'm picturing this being a career ending match, and it's not a Hell in the Cell, but I'm picturing Bruno in the place of Mick Foley in that Hell in the Cell match against Triple H, and like Bruno flying through the top of the Hell in the Cell. <laughs> And like lighting a 2x4 wrapped in barbed wire on fire and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, what an image. But anyway, so I, this would be a really good feud. I agree with everything you're saying. I think Bruno would be a perfect fit for a heel Triple H, especially this heel Triple H. And uh, But I will say this, Bruno is not McFoley. So if this is a career-ending match, Bruno was the champion for a, an extremely lengthy period of time. He was known for overcoming adversity, and I see Triple H's reign as our champ not lasting more than uh, more than one episode here. So I, I see Bruno winning this. What do you
1: think? Wow, I you know it's reign of air, t- t- reign of ter- I have been drinking not that much, but yet just enough. So it's <laughs> reign of terror, Triple H. You know, a lot of times I consider backstage politicking as part of this. And, of course, this era, a Triple H would probably not lose to Bruno San Martino, even though it makes the most sense. Uh, If you given standard wrestling booking, the face, the heel, the gimmick of it being career-ending, and that doesn't mean Triple H is gone forever. He could come back. Of course, for our league, we're going to take Reign of Error Triple H out now. Right. Connecticut Blue Blood could come back, you know, <laughs> our Authority Triple H could come back, someone like that. But this is our Fed. So I think in a real world situation, I think Reign of Terror Triple H politics is way to winning. But with us making the pick, I think Bruno should win based on standard wrestling booking. And you were going to send the fans home extremely happy, especially because I'm going to guess that the bulk of them probably would think that there's no way that Triple H loses this. So Bruno is going to get a hell of a pop, and this is probably going to be considered one of the greatest matches ever. Yeah. And Can you imagine fans history. going home with Bruno's career ended? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like a peak Bruno? <laughs> yeah. There would be riots. There would be riots. Um, so that would mean – that, and I don't disagree with what you're saying either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think if this were a real-world situation, I think that you would see Triple H politic his way uh, to a victory. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're having the fans go home happy here. Bruno is our fifth FDW Universal Champion, mm-hmm. and uh, he will be hard to beat. So, so
1: next, if, correct me if I'm wrong, he will be facing Corporate Rock on the next card? That's right. That's a hell of a match right there.
0: That's right, and I think it's only fitting that Seth Rollins face
1: Dynamite Kid. I like that, too. I think that makes total sense as well. Yeah. And we already know that uh, Charlotte Flair is going to be facing Awesome Kong. That's right. And See, we are so deep down this rabbit hole that we pretty much have every card booked before we even get to it now, instead of just hitting random names.
0: It's, it's so true. So, Leonard, we're going to do a
1: bonus... Dark match here.
0: All right, hit me with it. You pick a random female name, and I'm gonna pick a random fictional
1: character name. Okay, random female. I'll go back up here and change my number to to one. Uh, Chelsea Green. Okay, so so it will be
0: Chelsea Green in our bonus dark match intergender. Versus Zeus
1: from No Holds Barred. <laughs> so. I, I just picked, he's got both hands on the side of her head and just picks her straight up and just throws her out of the ring. Yeah, judging by what he did to
0: Stan Hansen in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Chelsea Green would be uh, that much of a threat to Zeus. So I think Zeus, this is the old squash dark match to uh, have the fans entertained. Yeah, maybe he had maybe Chelsea Green. She's uh with the broski, right? Uh, yes, she is. At last, I knew, yes. So maybe he comes out and he would get destroyed too. It could be a handicap match, and I'm still big Zeus, so
1: even though Zeus is, is not a wrestler, you know.
0: Well, he was in with Macho King,
1: the character of Zeus, you know, tiny Lister. Not a real wrestler was an actor, right. and you know, for him, even though he had a very long career and was in a bunch of different movies, uh, you know, the Friday movies, he was in the Fifth Element, he was in what was it, the Dark Knight? Um, it was one of the Batman movies where he he's on like the prison barge. Friday or franchise, prison barge. So uh, you know, a bunch of different films, but he, I think a lot of people think he was a re- thinks that he was a wrestler at one point, and he really, I mean, he really wasn't. He was hired to do the character. And then, and oddly enough, um, I wanted to watch a random SummerSlam uh, recently. And I watched that one. That was SummerSlam 89, right? Yeah, it or, sounds about right. Yes, 89, because it was the summer after WrestleMania 5 where Savage had turned heel right? On, on him. And that is actually not a bad uh, batch because they – give Zeus like three things to do, beef, cake, and hug, and sell for crazy like him. Right. And Savage uh, just gets in there when he needs to. I mean, they- Yeah,
0: because apparently, you know, from Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Tiny Lister did not have the wrestling bug. Like, I mean, he, you know, didn't follow, like, not that he didn't follow directions, but he just didn't take the direction as easily as somebody who really wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. so like they couldn't do much with him,
1: um, in, in any way. So, and was it he was Z Gangsta, right? Yes, he came back in WCW when they did the triple cage. Uh, when it was Savage Ed Hogan, the dude was cage, like 57 random dudes, including <laughs> Z Gangsta. Well, that is our card for
0: you. I hope that you enjoyed this Fever Dreams, our Fever Blast episode. Uh, please. Let us know what you think about our choices and if you agree or disagree. Um, I hope you've liked some of our content over the past couple weeks. You know, I've been on vacation. Leonard's going on vacation. There's been a lot of coming and going. So we've had our match, random match reviews. uh, We've had our stupid questions. So all that stuff is out there for you to see. Um, Check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Um, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this to Leonard, but I did a compilation of stupid questions that, um, oh. that I put as a podcast because that was previously just a YouTube thing, but, uh, I did, I combined a bunch of them, the first six into a podcast, uh, so that, you know, people who just listen to us on podcasts can
1: Well, go No, no, I have not, I've not seen that yet. So I'll have to check out for that. And I, and you should probably do the same thing when we get enough matches put together as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope within the next few weeks we can do another couple of random matches. I, I enjoy those. And I think the number one thing that we try to do here is just to expose people to a lot of random stuff from the past that maybe right. they wouldn't be aware of. And the secondary thing would be just to have fun with
0: it. Absolutely. Cause that's how our mind works. You know, we're very, we, we think of random stuff as wrestling fans and uh, you know, that's what makes it fun for us. So Please check out our other content. Subscribe to us on uh, YouTube and wherever podcasts are found. And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week. And Alexa will see you out.